Welcome back to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 51. Big 51. Dick Buckus. We went over the hill last week. 51. And now we're at 51. <laughs> Wait a second, I'm 52. What are you saying here, Brooke? You are currently over the hill. Over the hill. Two years over the hill. On the way... I'll take it. Downhill, I guess. I think, I think I 52 is the new 37. <laughs> that's, a, that's right, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. probably. Um, how's it going? It's going well, Brooke. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm a little sore today. I, I was about to say, r- speaking of over the hill... I did, I did yard raking yesterday, and uh, that was exhausting. Well, you live, you live over off uh, Taft and uh, is it Nassau? Mm-hmm. Is Mm-hmm. And uh, I envy your huge trees and all those leaves right up until the point you tell me the <laughs> story right. every year. It is great. Having to clean all that up. They are awesome until about November. And then they're the worst. But that's the price for the beauty of that area. I guess so. I, guess I so. still envy those trees. All you that live with those huge trees and leaves, I... I know there's a. I know this time of the year is rough. Yeah, but it's so pretty. I know. So pretty. Yeah, it's great until everything starts falling. And then the problem is, is it's an, if if it just fell, that'd be one thing, but it doesn't. Like it, it falls, and... and then it doesn't for a while, and then everything falls again. And so uh, it's like some stuff falls, and then a, a month later, I have everything else. That, so like you either other do, trees it, fall. do it two or three times, and then. <laughs> even even longer, like right now, I'm waiting for the little seed pods to fall out of the tree <laughs> because then I have to clean them up. So I cleaned up the entire yard. Uh, these are first world problems. And then the windstorm from a couple weeks ago came through <laughs> and it dumped all these like seed things. Well, at all least over you don't yard. have a pool though to worry about. I know about. that's right. At least that's. Oh wait, not. you do have a pool. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Do you cover that pool? How does that even? No, you just yeah, clean it out. We just clean it out and move on with our lives. It's... Isn't that what the kids are for though? Yeah, they got to get a little bigger in your yeah, house. I need, yeah, I need a little more more effort and experience because <laughs> they do it. And I like I looked out yesterday, and my daughter came out and helped me yesterday, and and uh, I had to uh, go back and I was like, yeah, yeah, just I had already like gathered up most of the leaves and stuff, but I still have I have this little uh, like like mulcher um, that's like a it's like a handheld blower that mulches as well into a bag. And so I've like sucked up all the leaves and everything. And so it's just like sticks that are left. And I'm like, Hey, just, just rake these up and put them in the trash can. And then I'd have to go back after she had done it and re rake it all up and show her that this is the pile that I need. And you know, so, so she helped you kind of, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. She's been great. She, she loves to help and she has, uh, she comes out and she likes to mow the lawn and nice. Yeah. And then I have to go mow the lawn again. Um, so we don't do that a lot. Because <laughs> it doesn't help. It actually makes it worse because it takes longer and makes it worse. That's a little. That's got to be an overstatement. It makes uh, it worse. Uh, I, I, does I, it save you a little bit? Of... No, not at all. It doesn't <laughs> save me. It doesn't save me any time. And then I get inside and and you know my one of my other daughters who's you know basically lobbying for here's my cuteness and how helpful I've been. Can I have more screen time? And she has raked up a bunch of the seeds, the seed pods in the mm. front yard, and they're still everywhere. And there's two big piles that she's did. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's great. You did awesome. And there's still a ton left. You now get three it. minutes of screen time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Congratulations. Every parent out there right now, or future parents, maybe you're not thinking about it. Uh, is there is there a bigger issue 
than screen time. I will say this. I will say this. So you've been doing this for a while, and I've just kind of— I've just been doing kinda... it since before screen time. If, I mean, obviously yes. TV's been around forever, but but not everybody's got a phone or a tablet. Yeah. Well, COVID, COVID totally, like, threw us. We had— we, we, we had, a, like, a, a pretty decent plan, I feel like. It wasn't, like, spelled out, like, you get X number of whatever, but um, but COVID just really messed everything up. I agree. Up. And, I agree. And then being, being having COVID and everything. Being quarantined. Oh, my gosh. It's having been, schools it's been shut down. And then it gets cold, and it's like, well, I can't even make you go outside, right. so how many times can they play the same games that we have that's not a video game, that's not... Yep you know, on a device or whatever. And so we've gathered up like all these old devices, um, like, like iPhone fives and sixes. And and so that's what the kids get to use. Um, but we didn't do this ahead of time. So, which I think most parents would tell you the same story is it's, it's, it's upon them and they didn't, and we didn't have the, the the wherewithal beforehand, unless somebody else was coaching them up to make a plan, you know, you're reactive instead of proactive. Uh, You know, (laughs) Carrie and I went on a date. Uh, we're trying to be more diligent about our weekly dates, uh, which I don't know how much of the couples listening are, are how well you're doing in that area. But uh, Carrie and I used to go religiously weekly on dates, and and I think even the pandemic messed that up. But um, we went to uh, where we go um, on the border. Went on the border okay. on Saturday, and and uh, I'm going to sound like I'm judging, and I promise you I'm not. But there's a family sitting <laughs> at a big table next to us. We're just the two of us, you know. And they had, I think they had four kids, and they're all little. They're all like maybe nine or ten and younger. And all four of them were on a device. This is in the middle of dinner, yeah. you know, yeah. in a restaurant. All four of them were on devices. A couple of them have headphones. A couple of them don't. Um, one of them that I could see was watching a movie. Like in the middle of the restaurant, <laughs> while they're ha- while everybody's got their full entrees and everything yeah. and eating. And it's like the parents are like, just please check Whatever. out on me, you know? And yeah. and I remember, I mean, at worst, I... I, I had, can feel that. I was judging I feel that for a moment. And the then all at the same time, I'm like, I think this is what what parents are challenged by left and right. We weren't planning on going down this bunny trail, but yeah, that's right. screen time, man. We've got the we've got the screen time limitations turned on at certain, yep. certain levels. And, but um, mine still can't get it through their head that when they've run out of time, yeah. that doesn't mean that you then come and bug me but until got, I give I've you more. I've got 23 minutes left in my show. I'm like, I know. that's too bad, you know? <laughs> but I just, I'm in the middle of my game. That's too bad. Sorry. <laughs> I was in a meeting last week, and I missed uh, four FaceTime calls <laughs> and and who knows how many requests for more screen time for certain apps or whatever. The entire, like, I was like, man, this is... Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yep. And I keep telling them, I'm like, you need to understand when you run out of time, you've run out of time. Yeah. That doesn't mean I just want to annoy you and make you ask me for more time. Uh, every you time. are you are speaking for parents everywhere right now, Brooke. So all I'm saying is that if you haven't gotten to that place with your kids or your kids are not old enough yet, do it now. Start now. I don't care if that feels like they're too young. Start now. That's a good word. That's a good word for you. Because it's who real don't hard have going back to the other kids direction. yet or 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 kids yet at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, the flip side of that is grandparenting. I'm, I'm curious what they would say. I know my parents uh, used to say, like they used to be a little harsh uh, about kids bringing their phones into the house and getting, you know, side because they want to spend time with their grandkids and they don't totally get. Yeah. But I will say that's, that's just, it's like it's time, a very different time world. has loosened that 
to even my parents will be on their phones or my parents will be interrupted in the middle of conversation with phone stuff. And, and it's almost like, I, I feel like it's a, it's like the frog in the kettle. It's just, yeah. it's just this slow uh-huh. boil and we don't realize it until I'll bet, I'll bet some parents would say, I didn't even think about it until I did a little bit of math and realized, Oh my goodness, how many hours per day mm-hmm. my kids got a phone mm-hmm. or a tablet in front of them, you know? But um, they're smarter than that, and so they start to figure it out, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I can use it here, but then I can use this computer over here that doesn't have that, <laughs> yeah. and then I can watch the TV while somebody else is doing hey, something, Dad. and then by the end of the hey, day, Dad, I can I borrow have... your phone? That's right, that's right. <laughs> I just need to look something up real quick. I just need to look something up real quick. Oh, uh, yeah, that's We good. digress. Did you see the news last week that the oldest man in the world died on the 19th? Did you see that? No. How old was he? Uh, this is a Spaniard. His name is uh, Saturnino de la Fuente Garcia. He died at 112 years old and 211 days. Wow. His birthday is February 11th. He's a month away. He was almost... 113. He was almost there. Wait, he was almost there? Well, to I don't... His, that that math, maybe I Maybe I wrote that math down, but he was born February 11th. <laughs> I think your math is My math may be wrong. But he was almost to 113 years old. He was almost to 113 years old. Dude was born in 1909. He was born before World War One. Okay, so this is what this is exactly. This is what oh this is goodness. what blew my mind, right? So he the, the things that this dude lived through, right? So obviously World War One, World War Two. He lived through the Spanish Civil War back in the day. He didn't get enlisted in the Spanish Civil War in 1936 because he was shorter than five feet. <laughs> Just missed out. Sorry. He lived through the Spanish flu in 1918. Yeah, COVID comes along. He's COVID like, comes along. He's been like, there, whatever, man. Been there, done nothing. that. <laughs> <laughs> he had eight kids, 14 grandkids, and 22 great-grandkids. I just, I just, the fact that the dude lived through the Civil War, the Spanish Civil War, the Spanish flu, World War One, World War Two. I was just like, that's just. That's crazy. And, and then he died, you know, like a month shy of. He's like, European Union, what? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) But just the fact that the dude is that old, he survived that long, missing all that stuff because he was too short. Did he, he, like like we read in other stories like this, did he list, you know, secrets of his longevity? He said having a calm and quiet life. Calm and quiet life. Got to be something (laughs) to that. Got to be something to that. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I just thought that was, I just saw that and I was like, wow, that is... One that's remarkable. It's incredible. I'm not. Maybe my opinion will change when I get into my 90s or hundreds, but I don't know that I want to be 112. I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't expect my my back to work all that well by the time I make well, it to. I don't know how morbid 100. we want to get here on the podcast, but I, I really struggle with, you know, the 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 number one goal. I've talked to my sister a lot about this. She's a nurse practitioner. Uh-huh. And the number one goal of health professionals is to prolong our life. Right. Like, and even if, you know, it may not be, oh my goodness, dare I say it, the greatest <laughs> of ideas, you know? Um, yeah. Let's, let's not go down that road. It's, it's I wasn't going down that road. It's a, it's this a is little a road controversial. you're driving on. You're driving But, it, but it, it, it certainly, you know, I, I certainly hear my, my aging parents talk about it. Yeah. Like, like, life is hard. Aging is hard. It's difficult. Yeah. Uh, and the older we, I can't imagine, I mean, think of, you said all the world events, uh, this guy's gone through, this guy went through, but just what about, you know, he's in his seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, hip back, uh, arthritis, like 
and then he lived another 20, 30, 40 years, yeah. you know? Like, I'm curious what how, his... How robotic is this guy yeah. at that point? Maybe a, he may have been a cyborg by, <laughs> by 112. Saturnino de la Fuente, who passed away last week. That's pretty remarkable. I know. I'm just saying, that's... That is something. All right, we have some questions that we want to get to, and we are, uh, let's see, what is today? Um, we're only like, a, what, a week away from the end of this month as we, a little bit over, as we get ready for Awaken, and we dive into fasting and praying, as we have been talking about for the last three weeks. Um, any any new rev- revelations this week for you of what you're excited about? New revelations, Wow. Um, no, cool. Great. Great question, Brooke. Thanks for that. Not really, but I, (laughs) I do, I, I am pleased to get some good feedback from different people and I am pleased about, about their own wrestlings with what, what's, what it looks like next to step into these 30 days together. I love that my wife's asking me, the kids are, are at least, oh, I think, I think because my kids were present, uh, the last couple Sundays and, um, they're increasingly uncomfortable with me mentioning my family from the stage <laughs> got, we've, got, we've hit that level got now. two in middle school um and Dad, they're like stop. squirming i even just go yeah carrie and i are like ah, he's talking about us <laughs> um but but i am pleased that they're there they're present and therefore when we bring it up it's not out of left field yeah you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit today on the podcast is how, how do we involve our family i'm excited right. about that yeah yeah well, so we're only we're only a few a few days away mm-hmm. uh, from from diving into this. So, um, have you have you, you seemed like you were were still debating? You said this week is the week for you guys to decide what is is gonna what's what's it gonna look like for you. Have you landed on anything yet? Uh, the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> it's it's three or four o'clock yesterday afternoon, and I settled in on the couch and turned on NFL playoff game. And Emily, she's like, hey, 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 you said... Didn't you say? You said you're fasting from sports. <laughs> and I turned to her and said, no, I didn't. No, that's not I said, I'm I said. thinking about it. I'm praying about it. And the fast and starts next yet. week. <laughs> it's not yet. <laughs> so be careful what you say in front uh-huh. of your kids. That's right. They might hold, hold you, you to it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, I mean, the answer is um, no. And and in a good way, I don't feel like I've got to, I don't feel like we've got to decide today. Uh, what are you leaning towards? I'm leaning toward both a partial food fast mm-hmm. and a fast from either social media and or and or sports. Um, I, I I know I know one of the things I'm encouraging everybody to do is to start small, but but full disclosure, I've done this before and it's and not starting. I don't I don't want to take a, a a baby step. Yeah, when I think the Lord is saying. Come on, sure. I, I want you to. I want you to really sacrifice and and struggle with this in a way that's that I'm going to bring good things out of. And so, um, I, th- I think a partial food fast that I'm trying. And when I say partial, I mean, um, you know, not seven days a week, not thirty whole days, just something. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's the same meal every day. Um, I don't know. I'm wrestling through that. Okay. Uh, and then, and then social media to me seems like a cop out because I really am not on social media much. Yeah. I, I, I really haven't been on Twitter in a long time, like many, many months. 
without uh, other than clicking on checking on something. Right. Uh, I'm hardly ever on Instagram. I used to do that a lot with pictures and stuff. And I, Facebook just gets me all depressed more often than not. And so I, I'm on there more, maybe more than I realize, but I'm just, I don't feel like it would be a sacrifice yeah. to refrain from right. social media. I don't think would be that sacrificial for me. So, mm. um, yeah, so I, I guess, I guess all signs lead to some kind of sports related. I do, I do have personally more, maybe a lot of people want to know. I, I turn on sports center at night, uh, pretty consistently. And that's if there's not a Baylor basketball game or something I want to watch. And so there would be a, I think it's safe to say a daily, um, a nice little vacuum, sacrifice, a daily vacuum there to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm leaning. Yeah. But, but, just like Emily, I'm telling you, not yet. <laughs> I'm praying no, about not it this yet, week. Not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> I'm praying about it this week. That's a big sacrifice. I mean, that's Super Bowl. It is a Super Bowl. In the middle. Potentially. It's a, yeah. yeah. If you went that way. And it's it's the home stretch of college basketball. Uh-huh. I love college basketball. It's my favorite sport. Not excuse me. Second favorite sport. College football is my favorite sport. College basketball is my second favorite sport. And um, March Madness is easily my favorite sporting event, sporting focus now that's in march <laughs> it's true so you'd be you'd be that would be your your uh your uh, the other end of it yeah like i just did this it's and knowing you get it's to for celebrate. a celebrate you get yeah. to celebrate your uh your your yeah. com- the completion with with march madness and maybe i'll have a healthier perspective as well if i go down that road man all signs point to sports it sure sounds like you're I talking feel like i'm just confessing it. idolatry <laughs> on stage on the on the airwaves <laughs> uh-huh. here here on the airwaves pray for me Pray for conviction. Yeah. What about you? Uh, any any clarity of? I know you've done some intermittent fasting for health reasons. Yeah, this past couple of years, and, and the, really effectively too. You've that's lost the hard a lot of weight. thing. That's the hard thing for me is, and and I struggled with this last year, and I don't think I, um, I think just with the with with as quick as it came up on us, and maybe that was just me last year. I felt like it was just like, oh, I was not prepared for this. Um, honestly, I don't even remember what I did last year, um, but. I know, but, but yeah, that's been a, that's been a question. I'm with you. Like for me to give up social media would be like a, it wouldn't even be a sacrifice. It would be like a, huh, cool. Yeah. I wanted to do this anyway. So I gained, I gained something rather than, rather than took something away. And, um, what about Kara Kay? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but, but in light of her, uh, health struggles, that's what I'm, that's, that's a unique place yeah, that's, to come from as well. Right. Yeah, it is. And, and so I'm not, I'm not sure what that looks like because I, I don't know. I don't know. And so, so, you know, for me, intermittent fasting, um, as you said, that's something I do anyway, but I've, I've done that for, I don't know, almost a year, um, or maybe even longer. Um, but daily, like I do that every day. So that's just, it's just been a change in, it's funny to call it intermittent fasting. Like I don't even think about it anymore but that's just what I do every day. Like I don't eat until noon and then I, after, after eight o'clock and in the evening, I don't, I don't eat. I don't know that so, I'd even call it intermittent fasting for you anymore. It's your lifestyle. Yeah. That's you, what I'm saying. You, you really do now. that well and consistently. So uh, I, it's uh, one, one side of me says, well, you know, to give up one of those meals, it's already difficult anyway. Like I'm, my stomach is growling and has been for probably the last three hours today. And, um, and I'm still a solid, you know, hour away from, from any, any food, but, um, 
So I don't know. I don't know what that looks like yet. I haven't, mm. I haven't figured that out, but I, I, I'm, I think I'm with you on the same thing is it's like, I can do something else, but will that be enough of a sacrifice to actually make it worth it? Right. That's, I think that's where I'm, that's where I am. Um, and then for care, Kay, like I can't, can't speak for, I can't speak for her necessarily at the same time. Cause what kind of a sacrifice can she give up when medically, you know, that's where it's good. It's like, okay, well don't just jump into something mm-hmm. and don't think this through or talk to your doctor or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. What about, what about your, uh, what about your why you talked about clarifying your why have you, yeah. have you, uh, do you have anything specific or is it like this whole list of things? Uh, that's a fair question. You know, as, as I look at, at what Clayton's book in our awaken packet lists, which, which we went through yesterday on stage, uh, man, all of those at some level resonate with me. Yeah. Um, I think the two that jump out to me personally are spiritual renewal. I think that I'm just going to, I'm going to expectantly step into this 30 days, really believing that God's going to humble me and draw me closer to himself. And, um, and I want that so badly for me. I want that as a leader. I want that as a servant in my home. Um, that really resonates with me. And then the other thing that I know I want to, uh, to really be intentional about for 30 days in this experience is just praying for revival in the church. Mm. Uh, my heart is heavy for the church right now, um, for colonial, for the church of our culture, of our, our country. Um, I, I mentioned it yesterday, attendance is way down across the country. Engagement, if you want to put it another way, is way down. Uh, it's not that everybody's online. That's not, that's not accurate. It's, it's a ton of people have stepped away from the church. And um, for the first time, more people uh, say they don't go to church regularly than, than those that say they do. Even those that did go regularly report, report, before reported that they went 1.7 times a month. <laughs> um, yeah. But but more people say they don't go regularly now. And and it doesn't grieve me about church attendance. It grieves me about just how effective the movement of God's people is and in our culture. Um, and I just, I long, even if, even if it's a smaller number, that we're talking about, I long for, for life, for vibrancy, for zeal in the church, uh, zeal for Jesus, zeal for people. I long for a, a renewal of that. I, I long for that obviously here at colonial. Um, and I'm even expectant and hopeful in, in part because we're going to be intentional for a month and, and cry out to the Lord for it. But also, uh, man, you're talking to the wrong guy. If when people ask me, oh, man, are you, scared are you uh disillusioned and i'm like no this is it may not look like it in numbers but i think this could be the church's finest hour so to speak Mm -hmm. i think i think the 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 things we see consistently in history is that the church has thrived when the world is going to hell you know the church has thrived in the midst of crisis the church has thrived in the midst of oppression and suffering and um we've just had it easy for a long time, I think in so many ways. Yeah. And so, uh, for our country to become more pluralistic, for less people to be engaged at church, uh, for less people to value being a part of the institution, it actually excites me for what, what can come out of the remnant, so Mm. to speak. So that's a long little 
side rant. I'm praying for spiritual renewal for me personally, and I'm praying for 30 days for the revival of, of Christ Church. Mm. How about you? Anything specifically on that list of whys or something else that I didn't, I didn't pull off of Clayton's book that, that comes to mind for you? Um, I think for me, I mean, it's, I hate to say that, uh, you know, the, the, the Sunday school answer of, of, you know, all of the above the, um, but, but really, really it is. I mean, spiritual renewal. Yes. I mean, can any of us say that we don't need that, um, you know, guidance from God as we're parenting and making life decisions and all those kinds of things. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, physical healing, my wife, um, mm. in, in COVID and all of that, and obviously the revival of the church. I think the only thing that is salvation of the lost. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing, right. We're praying for our neighbors and things like that. They, the, the thing that the only other thing I think that sticks, sticks out to me, at least going into it, that is, is just the, um, uh, the connection between the churches. Mm. Um, that's not really something that anybody yeah. would necessarily write, but for us and, and well, what we might call about, unity or, yeah. or connection. Yeah. Right. And so for, for where we have been, what our vision is here at the church and, um, and, and wanting to see churches jump on board to do things together. I think mm. that's the other thing that's like, this mm. is a big deal. Um, I agree throughout that. You know what? Uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's, I think that's easily a, th- a third num- ranking for me compared mm. to the other two, but Yes, that's that's a big part of my why as well. I love that right before we started our recording today, Ken Holsbury, that you interviewed a couple weeks ago, yep. that, that really was on point for bringing Awaken to our city. Over, He's over at 10th and Broad Church of Christ. He texted me and just uh, to, to both of us really to say, hey, would you guys at Colonial, would you be up for hosting uh, all the pastors from these nine churches at the end of our 30 days to share what God, what's God done in your people and, and in you and uh of course whether we're hosting or it's somewhere else i'm i'm looking forward to you said uh, i'm not sure <laughs> right right that doesn't really know. fit with our mission statement <laughs> no but you're right it just it gets us sure i mean i don't know if i could type yes fast enough yeah let's get everybody together and and celebrate and pray and um and i've shared you know a longing along the way to to connect lead pastors specifically uh, mm-hmm. just along the lines of friendship and mutual respect yeah. and trust. And so I love that this, this could dovetail even into those kind of relationships moving forward. So, uh, you, you mentioned some things on, on Sunday that you wanted to talk about, um, today on the podcast. So, um, we're going to get to, we're going to get to those things, but we also have some questions that came in Okay, and, um, I figure we, we're talking practically, so let's dive into some practical Love stuff. It. Let's do it. Um, okay. So here's one that came in. It says, um, on Sunday, you said to share the journey of fasting with another who is doing the same, but I'm someone who usually keeps to myself. I'm mm-hmm. independent. I rarely open up to people. What advice do you have for the independent introverts? Mm. This is also a barrier when it comes to talking to people about God. Wow. Well, that's bigger than this 30-day journey because, uh, yes, God invites us to a, a personal, interactive, individual relationship with him, but he also clearly invites us into community and and even commands us to do things in community. And so, um, first of all, I'm half introvert. I know people don't believe that people think I'm some (laughs) raging extrovert because I'm on stage and comfortable in that regard. 
but I'm, I'm half introvert. So I actually get introverts more than they ever probably would give me credit for. And I'm married to a raging introvert. <laughs> Emily, excuse me, Emily, Carrie will tell you, Emily's my daughter. Carrie will tell you she's, you know, between 80 and 90% introvert. Okay. So I get, I get it. Uh, but I really believe this. I really believe this. Uh, God calls us to do things together. Yeah. He does. And so the challenge for uh, what I might call the extreme introverts, including for this 30 days, but, but really bigger than that, is to take a risk and to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty, if I can say this, of being in a group, uh, for example, the yeah. beauty of being in a group of, of anywhere between you know six or seven and, and 15 people and being in living rooms and being at the church and classrooms and sitting in circles and is every group has at least three or four introverts and they don't have to talk as much. Yeah. Like, like I, I hope that, um, I hope that this person who posed the question and everybody else like them and my wife as well, my wife's come to understand this, that she can be in a group and she just doesn't have to share that much, Mm. especially as friendships form and they actually start to love her for who she is. They don't make her, they don't make her trying to convince you. Yeah. They don't convince her to be the babbler. They don't convince her to now every once in a while she won't talk forever and they'll go, Carrie, what do you think? You haven't said anything. And, but she's learned over time. She has the freedom to go, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. You know, Mm. like, so that may not be the answer this person (laughs) wants to hear, but for the person who's very introverted, very private, very reserved, um, I think that it's, it's the right time to take a, a stretch step. Um, whether it's a step into rooted, which I know the registration deadline was yesterday and I'm pretty sure they're not going to bend on that. They're making some logistical plans now or these existing groups that, that like our groups picking up again in a couple weeks on Sunday nights, um, and other groups like it. I think there's, there's an opportunity to be stretched a little bit. Um, I also think that at the same time, mixed message, you gotta be yourself. And, uh, the older I've gotten, the more I really want to embrace self-awareness of our own personality types and quirks, uh, and wirings and give ourselves a lot of grace for that. Uh, the other side of that same coin is we can't, I can't use my personality type as an excuse to sin. Mm. Um, my personality type is I, I use a lot of words. I'm a verbal processor and I'm gregarious. And so you put those two things together and I just talk a lot, but you know what? Just cause I'm like, yeah, that's how I'm wired. Doesn't mean I get to dominate, you know, which I yeah. do sometimes. So just cause you're wired to be super reserved and private, Mostly that's fine and okay, but it's also not an excuse to miss out on community. Yeah. That's the hard word I would say. Yeah. It's not an ex- we can't use it as an excuse to miss out on God's invitation into authentic transformational community. Some change only happens, I believe, in community. Mm. That's a strong statement for the disconnected. It's a strong statement for the introverts. Some transformation, some change that God wants in our lives only happens in community. Um, I really believe that from the scriptures. So, I think you also have your built-in. You know, you can do this with your spouse. Yes. Or you can, as you said, your 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 group. If you're in a group, or if you're on a serving team, um, 
you know, the, the, at least being connected to some other, to some, somebody else in some other way. Absolutely. And then looking for someone else that's carrying around a blue book around the city to, <laughs> oh, oh, hey. The irony, while it might be easier and less threatening to do this with one other person, um, the irony is then you kind of have to open up more. That's true. I mean, there, there's a little bit of truth to the fact that you step into a group of 12 people and you may get to sit on your hands and not talk much mm-hmm. for multiple, multiple sittings, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, because there's a lot of other people filling the space. You, you, you just, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm shy. I'm going to partner with one person. You might have to do half the talking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? Unless they are a talker, unless you're sitting down next to Lauren, who's yeah. going to fill the space with words. Maybe. Maybe. That's true. All right. Um, so let's let's get even more practical. So you talked about some different different ways to fast on Sunday. Talked yes. about some different things that you can do it. But um, what options are out there as far as um, day fast for people that have not fasted? What options are there? Day fasting, Daniel fast, uh, water, liquid. Um, well, when it comes to food, I, I really like. I, I'm I'm specifically intentionally looking at our yellow book from the packet. So if you've got one of those, I'm on page 46, 47. The author here lists four primary ways to fast, and he's talking about food mainly. Uh, He talks about a major fast, which is where we abstain from food or drink for uh, 24 consecutive hours or more. So when you hear somebody fasted for 40 days, you know, from food, um, or when you hear somebody fasted from uh, food or water for a day or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, real quick, I, I hate not saying check with your doctor. We're, we're yeah. not about taking health risks here, you know? Um, and the author I think does a good job. He says a major fast requires a certain level of physical health. So, uh, but those are the major fasts that we do find in scripture, 24 hours or more of food or water or anything like food or drink. I should say not food or water. Oh my goodness. I misspoke. You're going to have to have some water. food or drink. You always have to have water. Um, then there's his second category is a minor fast where we just abstain from food for a certain period of time. Um, it's sometimes called a Jewish fast because it, it can last for days at a time, but it's only eating at set times. So you're only going to eat at set times, or you're going to maybe, maybe that's where the intermittent fast that we're a little more familiar with in okay. our culture lately falls into. I'm only going to eat during these hours all week. Um, so that's a minor fast, he calls it. And then there's a partial fast, which probably intuitively might make sense. This is really what Daniel or the Daniel fast looks like because it's only eating certain foods or it's only it, it's refraining from certain kinds of foods. Um, it may sound silly, but that's where, you know, I remember a long time ago fasting from soft drinks or fasting from caffeine, mm-hmm. which... It shouldn't have been as hard as it was, but it's really, I remember, I remember it really being difficult. <laughs> but I ate food and drank other things all the time. It was a partial fast. And then the fourth category that the author gives is what he calls a soul fast, which um, is people refraining from something besides food. So that's where he lists TV, social media, other activities. Um, I mentioned on Sunday for me, like sports or for somebody shopping or some other regular enjoyment, uh, what he calls a soul fast a non food fast. Um, back to what you asked me about, I think I'm looking at something more like a minor fast where I'm only going to eat 
uh, certain meals or during certain time, certain times of the day. Cause I really, I really want to feel the pinch, so to speak yeah. on the food level, but I'm also going to lean into what the author calls a soul fast. And I'm, I'm, that's where I mention sports seems to be coming to the surface for me or things like TV, social media, shopping. Um, so those, those are the different areas. I, that's one of the hard things about this is it's kind of wide open and there's a lot of room for creativity and, and, uh, and that may be hard for, especially some of the, the, the newer people to fasting is, Oh my goodness, just give me something to grab a hold of. I think this is where it comes into the personal is God, what do you want me to do? That's mm-hmm. what this week is about. That's why we've been talking about it and not just laying it on everybody at the last minute, because part of this is preparing our hearts and minds for doing it part of this week specifically all the all those of you who are listening this week the week of the 23rd 24th of January this is the week to really do some prayer and and journaling and reflection on okay god i haven't started this yet but what do you want these next 30 days to look like um and then to share it with somebody then mm-hmm. to share your plan step into it share the burden share the blessings yeah did you say uh, sun up, sundown? Uh, that's that's p- another one, right? Does that that's, make, yes, that that's one? where the author talks about uh, in a minor fast, you choose to abstain from food for a certain period of time. Uh, in other words, six a.m. to three p.m. Okay, or sun up to sundown. Yeah, or skipping a meal. Or yeah, okay, okay. So so here's a here's a pointed question then, um, in in regards to a soul fast, if the Bible is only giving us examples of fasting from food. Are we lowering the bar mm. to include something that's a quote unquote soul fast, like social media or mm. a some you said other enjoyment or whatever? Um, that's is, a great question. Is that is this your personal question, Brooke, is this, or is this, this from is, a, from somebody else? Uh, that's my personal oh, question. Oh, well done. It's a, good, you know it's a great like question. If, if, because I've done I've done that right. Yeah. I've, I've done we've done this several times here and. Um, and so every time it's like, hey, are we going to do something or what? And it's like, sometimes it's, it's easier to do. And are so we lowering the bar? That's, that's a great if, if we don't question. have examples of it throughout the Bible, and we do have lots of examples of fasting in the Bible, right. if all of them are food, are we, are we, I don't know, I don't want to say dumbing it down, but mm. are we lowering the bar or the expectations of what we can do or what we can be a part of? That's a great question. Okay, before I have a strong opinion. Okay. Shocker. But before, what do you think? I'm putting you on the spot. What's your What's your gut? I, I, there's nothing in Scripture that's gonna that's really gonna blatantly answer this question for sure. us. It's an opinion. It's a conviction question. What What's your thought on Are we lowering the bar? If the Bible repeatedly talks about biblical fasting being about food, are we lowering the bar by fasting from these other things and not food? Yeah, I I don't know that I have an answer. Um, what do you think? I think I could argue both directions, but yeah. that's pretty normal for me. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, on, on one side, you are a contrarian. That's true. I know it's true. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to say. Well done. <laughs> um, he is on 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 one side. Yeah, that's what the Bible. That's what the Bible gives us examples of. Um, it it gives us examples of 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 food. That's what it is, and uh, and so if that's what our our examples are are we you know my question then becomes are we making up other other things that kind of feel like maybe we're we're jumping in on the other side 
if you will, um, when, when you can identify something in your life, um, I guess, hopefully, uh, maturely enough to say, this is something that is, that I'm relying on. Um, I don't think you could go as far as, as saying that it's as much as food, um, because Mm. we require food in Mm. order to live. Um, but if you can say, okay, I, I, I realize that I am, you used the example of sports. So if I'm filling up my time with sports too much or social media or whatever, and it's changing, um, I mean, we talked about it, how, how we, I think it was last week, we talked about how sometimes sports, when we get so involved in it, it messes with, we can allow it to mess with our, our, um, our, our mood and our, our attitude towards other people mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So if there are things in our lives that are that big, um, then yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see how that could be at the same time yeah. could be a, a bad thing. Right. Um, but then I kind of start to wonder, are we saying, is that like a, like a new year's resolution kind of a thing? It's like, well, I knew this was a good thing and I should have done it anyway. This is just an opportunity to kind of do it for a bit. Um, I don't know. So like I said, I could, I could go, I could, I could go either direction, but I guess that's why I'm asking if, if we don't have that example of anything else, there's no example yeah. of, right. of, of that. It's, it's, uh, you know, well, let's, let's stop watching the Coliseum for, a month and then <laughs> and then you can go right back to it. Yeah. It's a great question. It's a great question. And to be clear, uh, we're speculating here. We're right. we're expressing opinions. This is not from the scripture directly. I, the Bible talks about biblical fa- the biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Uh, flat out. I think you know, um, the first thing I think of is Sabbath. You know, uh there are people who, te- if I can go down this bunny trail, this is gonna. I hope this is gonna make sense. There are people who teach that to uh, to honor the Sabbath, to obey uh, keeping the Sabbath, as mm-hmm. one of the Ten Commandments says for us mm-hmm. to do. Uh, there are people who say, okay, that's a twenty-four hour period. That is for Jews for a long, long time. It's Saturdays. Uh, for us, it's it's kind of become more Sundays, or at least a twenty-four hour day where you rest, you worship, you don't do these other things. And and then there was this trend, or at least in some of the books I was reading as a young Christian, a lot of authors saying, you know, it's it, Sabbath is an attitude. Sabbath is an attitude that God is working when I am not. God is trustworthy. When I go to sleep, I can trust that God is at work and he holds everything in his hand and it's not up to me. And so I can rest at night and I can take a break in the middle of the day and I can refuse to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I can find these little windows of opportunity to practice Sabbath. It's not a 24 hour day. And I remember people going, ah, you're dumbing it down. Mm. That's where I'm coming back to this. You're, you're selling it short for what the Bible teaches about Sabbath, which is a 24 hour period. It starts, you know, for the Jews, it starts Friday night at dinner time, mm-hmm. at sundown, mm-hmm. and it goes all the way till Saturday night at sundown. And they did that religiously, if I can say that word. Yeah. Um, and you can, back to your point, you can argue both sides. It's, mm-hmm. it's a 24 hour period. It's supposed to be not rigid in a negative way, but, but structured in a positive way and, and consistent. And you could argue, no, 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 Jesus cares more about the heart. Like I said yesterday, and it's more of an attitude of rest and trust and, uh, intentionality. And, and I personally have seen that both ways. 
I've kind of come back around to I want to lean into Sabbath as a 24-hour period. I want to really wrestle with what I think the Bible does teach about Sabbath, but but hold it loosely with hands of grace mm-hmm. like Jesus did because uh, it's supposed to be a gift to us. So that's where I would come back to is I do think, first of all, there was no TV or social media or you know sports was not at our fingertips like it is now on the phones and you know in our living rooms and um shopping uh, you know wasn't like that but but i think times change and this is the challenge of christianity is how do we take our bible that was written in a different time and place and culture and apply it to our lives here great example is wouldn't we wouldn't we both agree and everybody listening that okay to follow jesus to be a christian includes among other things reading your bible like spend some time reading the scriptures, mm-hmm. study it for yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you what it means. Pray the Holy Spirit will help you understand. Spend some time learning, reading scripture. Well, guess what? Go back a thousand years. No, it's not possible. It wasn't even possible. Nobody had Bibles. There was no printing press. People weren't walking around with scrolls. You know, <laughs> um, you knew nothing of the scriptures unless somebody who had access to it, a priest or somebody else yeah. taught it to you. And so if you ask them, what does it mean to be a Christian? What, give me a handful of things you do every day or every week. They would not include, well, we gotta, gotta have our quiet time. Mm-hmm. We gotta spend a ton of time reading our scripture. It wasn't part of their culture. It wasn't part of mm-hmm. their, it wasn't even possible. That's the right word. To use. Yeah. So could they have fasted 2000 years ago from from sports probably not probably wasn't <laughs> on the on the docket you know could they have fasted from facebook of course not right um so i think i think the lord this is my opinion i think the lord wants us to be intentional structured with a plan what are we going to fast from what's mm-hmm. the why behind it what are we specifically going to do consistently and then give ourselves a lot of grace like Maybe our baby step was too small, and we realized that later. Maybe we should have done food, should have, could have, would have, but we just did social media. Yeah, I think we need to cut ourselves some slack. That's that's yeah. where I always want to land. Is I think God is going to convict us. I think God's going to lead us, and I just I think we're way too rigid and hard on ourselves at time religiously. Um, so my final answer: Are we lowering the bar? Maybe, but <laughs> so maybe maybe along the lines of prescriptive versus descriptive. Yes. That's a good word. The Bible is prescriptive. You should do this. This is good. This is how I'm going to work. It's not descriptive. Do it exactly like this. Mm. Not not often. Sometimes, but not often. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, another question we had. Um, can you give us some tips on how to make times of fasting more spiritual? I know what you mean by this because uh, I, I know one of my good friends posted this posted this question to us and he elaborated a little bit. He said, you know, what are the things, if I'm not going to eat lunch, what are the things I can do instead? If I'm not going to do this or that, what are the things I can do instead that make it more overtly meaningful? More Um, than I just didn't eat and therefore more than, and, and I think, I think the first thing I want to say is, you know what? Sometimes we do the right things. We practice these rhythms and we don't feel anything. Uh, it doesn't feel any different. We don't see the direct result in the moment. And I think we need to know that going in. You know, we could skip lunch every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 30 days 
and look back on it going, I don't know that I felt any different or especially in those moments, I just feel hungry. I don't mm-hmm. feel closer to God. I, and I think we got to be really careful. Uh, it, first of all, that doesn't change doing the right thing, stepping into an intentional rhythm with the hope and the expectancy. But I really like the appendix in the back of, of Clayton's uh, book where he talks about some practical ideas. And, and I'll throw this out here. I'll repeat what he's writing on page 67 through 68. He says that um, starting our day very intentionally in the morning with a focus on God mm. pretty much changes everything. Mm. So even if you're not, you're not going to skip a meal till dinner, you know, it's later in the day that yeah. you're doing something or those sports that I might be refraining from, for example, that's pretty much an evening thing for me. I'm, I'm working during the day. I'm not, I'm not watching sports. Yeah. It's not even on. Um, I mean, unless, still, it's, unless it's March Madness. Unless it's March Madness. <laughs> still, and how I start my day in the morning, I think, has a direct effect on, on my uh, just awareness of his presence, mm. uh, my openness to what he wants to do in me th- during the day. Uh, he also takes about, talk, excuse me, he also talks about uh, doing something similar in the middle of the day. Uh, maybe if you're not having lunch, for example, uh, maybe it's going on a prayer walk. In that time, you would dart home for lunch or, or open up your sack lunch in the break room at work or in the cafeteria at school. You know, maybe going on a 15-minute prayer walk. Mm. Every every time you're supposed to be eating, do that instead. Do something different. Uh, maybe there's another friend from your group or, or your family or a friendship where you know they're fasting in a similar way, and you say, hey, what if we got together and just prayed together at those times? Or what if we Zoomed? What if we can't leave work or can't get away? What if we Zoom? Oh, we're not having lunch Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's part of our fast, for example. Or for me, I'm not watching SportsCenter you know, at, at 9.30 at night. What if I go for a prayer walk then? What if I um, ask my wife if we can start praying in the evenings together? What if? So I think replacing those regular times we would do something with an intentional pursuit of, of him uh, or of partners doing that together. That sounds like a little work. Yeah. Yeah. It's intentionality, you know, because I think the alternative is implied in his question, which is what if I don't do anything else? Yeah. And I just see what happens. I don't think that's a good idea. I think we replace what we, what we would ordinarily do, what, what, whatever we're refraining from, there's now a window of opportunity in that time to do something very intentional. And I think opening up the Bible, going on a prayer walk, calling a friend, doing something with someone else, all those things are, are really good ideas. And he elaborates on that a little bit in, in Appendix 1 in the back of the book. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I think, you're, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's, it's the intentionality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're just, if you're just refraining from something, and not filling that time with something else, then it's it's a New Year's resolution. It's checking a box. Yep. It's just yeah, yeah I didn't watch Sports Center today. It's okay. legalistic. It's yeah. I didn't. I did what I was supposed to do. I said I wasn't going to yeah. eat lunch, so I didn't eat lunch. Yeah. Okay. But what was the point? Was the point just to not eat lunch to accomplish a fast that you set your mind to, or did you spend that time in a way? And I think I I've, I can speak for myself. Like I've done that where it was like yep. Uh, we did a fast and I was a part of it and yeah, I, I prayed more or whatever, but a lot of the times that I was hungry or that I didn't do whatever it was that I was 
refraining from I didn't spend that time um, wisely, if you will. Um, I didn't spend the time doing something different. Uh, maybe I filled it with work. And it's, you know, if I like, like skipping, I was thinking about that while you were talking, if, if you're skipping work or if you're skipping lunch, if that's your, 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 your fast is no lunch and you just work straight through to get to the end of the day. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, then, then all you did was skip lunch Yep. And you just cut out a meal. But what was the, what was the point? I had another thought as you're saying that too, I think you hit on something there. I think that by replacing, uh, that that thing we're refraining from with a pursuit of God mm-hmm. in in whatever way that looks, that protects us from pride too. Because mm. somewhere in here is self righteousness and pride that can seep in. Yeah, I fasted for thirty days. Sure. Yeah, you know what? I didn't I didn't do this this or this for thirty days. And I think if we're replacing that with pursuing God in some different ways, then I, I just think He protects us entirely from pride because we just went mm. in with a hunger for him and not a desire to check the, check the box and say, woohoo, look at me, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was another appendix that you, you were going to talk about, um, the, uh, fasting, fasting with, with kids. kids. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad to talk about that with you too, because between us we have, uh, was it 19 children? <laughs> it feels like, what was it? The guy had eight kids and 22 grandkids and 40 million <laughs> great grandkids. Now we each have four. <laughs> and, and I know that, um, I'm, I'm eager to step into this with Carrie as well. The, the appendix in the back, uh, appendix number two in the Clayton's yellow book, page 69 talks about how to lead your family during a fast. I think it's well worth looking at. Uh, pretty obvious, but I'll, I'll jump into it. I think it starts by talking about it with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it starts by talking about it with them ASAP at this point because we're starting at the 1st of February. Don't wait till January 31st. Don't wait till this weekend even. I think starting to talk about it now. I think uh, even inviting them into it, the author talks about, is is important. I think that, yes, them just watching us and learning even more than we realize they watch us, right? I think there's something to that. But I think another whole nother level of fruitfulness is to invite them in. And especially like your older one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of mine are old enough now, uh, 18 down through 12, uh, to have some personal experience in this. I also think, I like that the author really encourages us with our kids to start small. Um, because... If they, God forbid, look back, you know, even a month from now, much less over the next several years and go, that sucked. <laughs> if they look back and just go, that was just dumb and painful. Yeah. They, they need to have some level of understanding of the blessing of it and the why behind it. And so I think doing something really small with them makes a lot of sense to me. Um, does that resonate with you, especially with your younger kids? Yeah, Just yeah. something super small. I mean, he, he even talks specifically, you know, if your kids want to join you, have them commit to fasting from one meal or one snack, you know, mm-hmm. in a given week. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds like such a baby step. <laughs> but it's just, it's something to talk about. And, and for them then to have some context for watching you do something maybe farther than mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think, I think... And, and our kids being younger, um, I would say the majority of them are not are not really ready for that that kind of I get that understanding. Um, and and so 
to to prescribe that for them and sure. say this is what we're going to do you're not going to eat lunch on saturday <laughs> you know it's like uh, yeah i can't get my son out of the kitchen every two hours well, anyway mine graze you know? i don't even know if they meal as much as they graze well, it's it, insane some of them do both I need to put a padlock on the they're pantry. grazing until until meals <laughs> um you know so uh, yeah I, i'm I, I like what he said in there um you know starting small giving them small ideas um, you know, that's, that's, that's something that's, that's, uh, doable because you're right. You, you, you do something that's horrible. Either they're going to call CPS on you or, um, or they're going to look back and be like, well, this is, this is the worst thing we ever did. I'm never going to do that again. Um, and the whole thing is like, man, they're kids. Like we're just planting seeds. Even if, you know, I think about the same thing. If this is your first time you've ever done this starting small, okay, maybe, maybe you just accomplished it. You got a little bit more prayer life going on and you look back going, yeah, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was yeah. going to be. Or I didn't, yeah. I, I could have made that, you know, it's like, okay, that's fine. Be graceful, you know, have some grace for yourself and say, you know what? It was a, it was a step. It was a step in the right direction. It was a, it was a seed planted that next yes. time it can be stronger. It can be more, uh, more impactful. Um, yes. you know, and so I, I think the same thing for kids, um, that if, if, if it's something small, like it doesn't have to be a big deal. You know what? I just, this is so random. But I'm trying to think back of, of, you know, what do I look back in my religious upbringing, my Christ, you know, blatantly strong Christian upbringing as a family? What do I look back and go, oh, I don't ever want to do that again. Mm. That was just legalistic and painful. Versus what do I look back and go, that was awesome. And mm. it, it sparked my interest in God. It sparked my desire to see more of that. And I think back to, this is going to sound so random, I think back to on Easter Sundays, Growing up in Germany, in Stuttgart, Germany. Stuttgart was a uh, is a very big city. It's about the size of Fort Worth. A very big city uh, that got bombed just a ton in World War II. Just just completely blown away in mm. World War II. Such that it's it's kind of a newer city. A lot of old old cities in Europe, obviously hundreds if not thousands of years old. Stuttgart is a newer city because they just had to rebuild so much of it. There's this huge hill in Stuttgart that the Americans and English call rubble hill. Okay, I forgot the German word for it. But it's it's all this rubble from World War II that got piled up and now it's like a small mountain hmm. in the city. And there's a there's a cross at the top and a small amphitheater. And I don't know how we got to do it. This little English speaking Christian church of 2250 that I was a part of, but every Easter Sunday we would get up way too early, <laughs> way too painful, <laughs> always freezing cold. Uh-huh. And we would park at the base of this small mountain and we would hike. It probably was a 30, 45 yeah. minute hike, but at four in the morning or whatever it was, freezing cold, not a morning person, you know, crabby teenager or, or yeah. eight years old even. I hated it. I dreaded <laughs> it. And we got all the way up there and we sang a few songs while we were shaking. Mm-hmm. And somebody read from the scripture about the resurrection and the sun came up behind the cross and we could see the whole city. And everybody had this sense of joy about them and celebration. And then we would walk down together. And I have these incredibly fond memories of Easter sunrise service Mm. on the top of Rebel Hill. But guess what? If we did that every week, or if we did that once a month, Mm. if we took a bigger step and not a baby step of doing that one time a year, 
I think I, I think I would have like, gone. I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm done. Like, I don't want to get up that early. I don't want to be that cold. <laughs> I don't want to hike that far. But because it was, if I can use that leap to say it, it was a small thing. We did it once a year, yeah. you know? And so I think just like fasting, I think if you do something small with your kids that they can learn something, they can, they can put into context what you're doing, uh, and they don't, and they don't look back. I love the way he says this in the book. He says, "If your kids are hungry and struggling to keep their fast, stop right there. Pray with them that God would satisfy their hunger. And if they need to eat, if they still need to to do what they're trying to refrain from, give them grace. Let them eat. Remember, you don't want them to forfeit a lifelong discipline because of a legalistic experience hmm. when they are young. And that speaks to me. Yeah, take a baby step. Also talks about celebrating together. In- involve your kids in celebrating what God's teaching you." Um, at the end of the 30 days, for sure, I think it's really important to to celebrate together and talk about, to share with your kids what you've learned. And um, if they're older, ask them what they learned. Um, I think there's something about involving them along the way. On the front end, in the middle of it, invite them into it, start small, give them a lot of grace, celebrate after. Hmm. Okay, let's wrap this thing up. Okay. So this week... We got one more, one more full week, really, before before we dive into this. It starts, uh, I think, was was it Tuesday? Starts Tuesday, the first of February. The first of February. So, so as we take all of this in, and whether this is new information or this is, um, you know, stuff that we've done before, is we're reevaluating all of this stuff this week. What steps do we need to take this week to prepare ourselves for the the, the coming week? Um. Well. Two answers. For everybody who has a packet, you have everything you need. It's got a, uh, a flyer in there with very specific instructions. It talks about uh, reading the yellow book at length. Read the yellow book. If you haven't read it yet, we've been saying it for two and a half, three weeks. Read the yellow book. It's a quick read. It's primarily about fasting. I mean, you're talking an hour or two. Oh, easily an hour. For a slow, for a slow yep. reader like me, and if you've like been around for one or more of the last Sundays, it's going to just be reinforcing some of the things I talked about on stage. So read the yellow book. It also on the pamphlet in the packet talks about okay, now plan your fast, plan your prayer and fasting, um, put it on paper, and it gives you some page numbers to go to for that. It points to the thirty day prayer guide, the blue book that we're going to be using. It points to the list of people that you're going to start praying for, the fifteen households by name that are any different in each packet um, that everybody's going to be praying for starting next Tuesday. So there's some very clear instructions. If you don't have a packet, Mm -hmm. maybe this is a good time for me to to say on the airwaves, we are doing everything we can to grab a few more packets. If you go to our church app, correct me if I'm wrong, Brooke, and you you click on the Awaken Packets Mm -hmm. uh, thing on Mm -hmm. our homepage on the app, you can not necessarily be promised one, but you can say, I really would like one, or I really would like to, if you can get your hands on it. That gives us information to know how many more we need to go scramble and find. We've already traded messages with with leaders from these other local churches, and one or more of them has said, hey, I've got some extras. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you're going to go this afternoon to First United Methodist and pick up, I think, at least 20. Um, but if we can get that kind of feedback this week, during the week, then we'll have that many more available, I hope, on Sunday. So if you don't have a packet, do everything you can to get your hands on a packet. And if you still don't have a packet by the time we start this, um, at the time of this recording on a Monday, a week from tomorrow, still journey with us. 
still come on Sundays, still, still have your push notifications on, on your app, because we're going to be sending some things out and involving you in the journey anyway. It won't be the same if you didn't get a packet. I don't want to sugarcoat it. You'll be missing one or more of the tools we're going to use. Right. Uh, we're not going to try to rewrite some stuff and go to the trouble of sending everybody everything when when we've been inviting you to to engage with us by getting these packets. But at some level, you'll still get the journey with us, and um, and we invite that for sure. In fact, I, I want to say this out loud on on the podcast in front of uh, you, Brooke. Let's wrestle with that even day to day. Like, what are some other things we need to do to help people engage who either just came to church for the first time in the middle of February, for example, right, or just were lazy and didn't get a packet. Yeah. Um, well, and I think the beauty of it is, is like to, to be a part of fasting and praying for, um, revival or the, the, your neighbors or, uh, you know, healing or, you know, anything on that list does not require that you have to have this book. That's true. If you want to do it exactly like we're doing it and true. have the, 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 uh, the, the resources that we're, that we're going through. Yes. But if you come in the middle of, of February or you hear this in a couple of weeks, you know, you hear this podcast and, and you're like, oh, well, that's cool. I want to jump on that. Somebody shows up for the first time ever. It doesn't mean that you can't do it and can't be a part of it. You know, it's not the Bible doesn't say when Jesus fasted, he pulled out his Revival Starts Now book and his 30 day prayer guide. And he walked through each one of those things. Right. It's not it's not prescriptive in that way. And so that's just what we've chosen to go through as um this group of churches. So there, there are still ways that you can be involved that may not look exactly the same, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. Agree. Well said. Okay. Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, no, the only, I guess one other thought, if people like to, anybody who likes to kind of know where we're going the next few weeks, I am really excited about stepping into my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. The next few weeks, we in our Awaken series, and this is what every church in our nine, as far as I know, all nine churches are going to be teaching along these lines. I, I could be wrong by one or two that, that choose to, to rebel and do their own thing. <laughs> but um, at the direction of, of this Awaken effort, uh, we're going to step into Luke chapter 15. Uh, and so if you out there want to read the entire chapter, it'll take you a minute or three. <laughs> it's one chapter in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 15. Uh, Jesus told three stories, and some of you right away will go, oh yeah, I know these stories. Oh, this is one of my favorite stories. Read Luke chapter 15. Um, we're going to be, our teaching time on Sundays will be directly out of Luke 15. Okay. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. All right, we're going to pause the conversation here. We will pick it up next week right before we dive into the actual fast. Maybe like the day before, right? I guess it, yeah, That's maybe the, the day before. That's okay. the plan. We'll, we'll have a little more uh, meat on the bones of, of what you're doing, what I'm doing. Let's, let's, let's talk openly about it with our, with our church friends, our, our podcast listeners, um, just as a, as a way of sharing the journey with them as well. Sounds good. All right. This has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com, or you can download our app from the App Store, the Google Play Store. 
We'd love to hear from you guys. So um, throughout this fast, uh, if you have any questions, if you have concerns, if you have things that, that you feel like God has showed you, send them in. Let's let's talk about them. Podcast at clonethechurch.com. We love your questions and feedback all the time. Thank you for listening. We'll pick up the conversation next week, and we'll be back.